our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My dear members of God's holy household, nothing could have prepared me for what I was about to see. When I was 18 years old, I took a mission trip to Beijing, China. After doing a week-long Bible class, we got to do some sightseeing. One of the sites that I was most excited to see was the Great Wall of China. I had done some reading, so I knew a bunch of the facts. I knew that construction began around the 7th century BC. I knew that it took about 2,000 years to complete the entire wall. I knew it was about 13,000 miles all the way around. I was very excited to see this wall. I'd even looked at some pictures beforehand. But nothing could have prepared me for just how spectacular this architectural feat truly was. The part of the Great Wall that we went to was situated on the tip of a mountain. We took a ski lift to get all the way up to the base of the wall. And then we climbed the stairs to get on top of the wall. What I saw took my breath away. I could see for miles on both sides of the wall. I saw mist floating up and down the valleys. All the mountains were covered in trees. It was spectacular. Everyone has their own Great Wall of China experience. You go and see the world on top of a mountain. You look out on a clear summer night and see millions and millions of stars. You watch the sunrise on the beach. These moments, they take our breaths away. Tonight, we're going to hear about some men who saw something more spectacular and more glamorous, more amazing than the best mountaintop experience, better than the best night of stargazing you've ever had. These men, they saw God. What they saw was amazing. Before we get to our account, we're going to do a little backtracking to see how we got here. The people of Israel, they spent about 400 years in Egypt. Through Moses, God led his people out of Egypt. Now they were desert wanderers. They were nationless. God still loved his people. He didn't want them to forget how much he cared for them. So God decided that he was going to make a special appearance to them. And at this meeting, he was going to renew his covenant with them because he still loved them and he didn't want them to forget about him. He led Israel to Mount Sinai. God descended upon the mountain. We read, Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace and the whole mountain trembled violently. Moses then climbed down the mountain or climbed up the mountain, he received the Ten Commandments and other laws, and then he returned to tell the people what he had seen. The people confessed, everything the Lord has said, we will do. That's where we pick up our account for tonight. The people heard God's word, and they unanimously confessed their allegiance to God. We read from Exodus 24. Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel went up, and saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was something like a pavement made of lapis lazuli, as bright blue as the sky. But God did not raise his hand against these leaders of the Israelites. They saw God, and they ate and drank. This is God's word. 
these leaders, they had just confessed that they would do everything the Lord had said. And now, something more spectacular than hearing God, they were going to get to see God. They did see God. Now, before this account took place, God warned his people what would happen if they gazed upon him. He had told Moses, go down and warn the people so that they do not force their way through to see the Lord and many of them perish. These elders of Israel, they knew the consequences of seeing God. The consequence was death. But these men ascended the mountain, they saw God, and they lived. God allowed these men to survive this encounter, even though God had promised to put anyone to death if they gazed upon him. I've got so many questions from this account. What did God look like? Did these people get to see all of God, or did they just get to look at his feet? Were they able to stare at God, or was it kind of like how when we look at the sun, we can glance for a minute and then we have to cover our eyes once again? We don't have a lot of answers to these questions. The writing is a bit hastily written. It's confusing to read. It's almost like Moses is having a lot of difficulty describing what he's witnessed. And we can't blame him. He has seen God. God spared the lives of these men on the mountain. He allowed them to live because he loved them. And he loved his people Israel. He didn't want them to continue to feel broken and downtrodden. He was making this covenant with them to show his great care and love for them. What if I told you that you were going to see God? How would you prepare? I don't know how I would prepare. I don't think there's a pair of sunglasses in the world that could get us ready to see all of God's glory. I feel like this would be a difficult thing because I'm in the same boat as those elders on the mountain. I know that seeing God results in death. Why? Because God is holy and I'm far from it. The problem with seeing God is that he looks back at us. He sees us. And when God looks at us, all of our sins are laid before him. There's nowhere to hide. All of our faults, flaws, weaknesses, everything lays bare before God. We know that when God looks at us and our sins, we deserve death, eternal death and hell. God sent Jesus to fix our problem of not being able to look at God. Jesus came to live among this unworthy, unholy world. When Jesus came, Mary and Joseph were not immediately put to death when they stared at him. There were no rays of sunshine emitting from this child. It was a baby. In Jesus, all the fullness of God dwelt, and yet that glory was veiled. Mary and Joseph could look at their newborn child, and they lived. If Jesus had come in all of his glory and all of his might, one of two things would have happened. Either everyone would have died from looking at him, or he would have been hailed as new king of the world. But we didn't require a king of the world. We needed Jesus to do something else, to make us holy. We needed Jesus to come and die on the cross, to take upon himself the sins of the entire world, and to make us holy through his blood. As we see our resurrected Lord, we know that we have indeed been made holy.
Some have claimed that if they could see God, they would believe. They view the words of the Bible as just a book, but if they could see God, then, then they would come to faith. But that's not true. That is false. If everyone in the whole world could ascend Mount Sinai, if we could all gaze upon God, we would all be put to death. We are unholy and sinful. In our sinful condition, we cannot gaze upon the divine. We would be immediately killed. But God does appear to us. Imagine if God appeared to us in this room. We would stare at him in awe. God has appeared to us. He's given us his word. We get to read the scriptures. Seeing God is as simple as opening up the Bible. In the Bible, we see that baby in the manger. We don't see light shining forth like the sun. We see a baby. This baby came because he lived an unholy world. And he came to redeem that, holy, that unholy world with his death. Now we know that we will see God all our days and live. Nothing could have prepared me for what I saw on the Great Wall of China. It was spectacular and it took my breath away. These elders of Israel, they could do nothing to prepare for seeing God. They were unholy. They were unworthy to stare at God. And yet, in his love, God allowed these men to live. Jesus, he came to make these elders of Israel holy. And he came to make us holy as well by his blood. Now we will see God all our days in heaven and live. Amen.